Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. All right, we are in week three of our relationship series. Welcome if it's your first time here. In week one, we really unpacked humility. We talked about listening to understand, right? Not just reply. In week two, we actually really unpacked, it sounds quite similar, but it's it's more the fruit of it. But we talked about honor. And honor is something we all want. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, in the Passion Translation, it literally says we're to outdo one another in honoring one another because we all want honor, but actually honor is given. And over time, as you give honor to God and give honor to people, you actually become the person who is Honor, honor, able, honorable. You're able to honor. Someone's able to honor you. And the other day we were watching, uh, well, I bumped into, I wasn't watching the whole thing. That's just my man card joke because uh, we were watching Cinderella. And um, anyway, my daughter sees the funny moment where, sorry, not the funny moment, the romantic moment where Cinderella dances with the prince. And then uh, she literally blushed and she's like, oh, he's handsome. <laughs> and I was like, stop it. Stop it. You're allowed that when you're 40 and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. But, you know. At, I hope not. <laughs> no. But at the same time, attraction uh, gets us together, doesn't it? Attraction gets you together, but it's actually, uh, the question is, what keeps us together? Attraction gets you together. Like, you are attracted to numerous different types of people and and obviously you're attracted to someone physically and then you're attracted to their personality many times. I remember watching girls over the years and they might be over our house or somewhere and they'd see a guy play with young kids and they're like, oh, he's a good dad. (laughs) And they would kind of do this moment because what are are they looking for? They want a family man one day and so they're looking for that and and then all of a sudden you might date someone and then all of a sudden they might cook for you like, oh handsome and a cook and so there's a kind of moment that obviously there's numerous different things that we get attracted to and I remember the first time actually I heard Miriam speak Portuguese on the phone to a mother and I was like oh <laughs> listen to that it's funny I had no idea what she was saying but it was mysterious it was, it was I looked over it's like oh another language really And isn't that funny that sometimes that uh, so many different things, but you need way more than attraction to stay together. You need way more than attraction. And as we were preparing and thinking and praying about this week, I began to ask myself the question, we've been married almost 16 years. We've um, certainly, amen, come on, give that a hand. Certainly don't have a perfect marriage, but have a really blessed marriage. And, uh, and, and I began to ask myself the question, like, what has been the strength of our marriage? And then what has been the strength of marriages that we've actually tried to model after and to copy? And, and many times you might go, well, it was your love for one another. And yes, that's true. But how many know you can fall in love and then fall out of love? Yeah. Like, isn't it funny that sometimes when you're in love with someone and then you're annoyed at them, I know my wife and I at different times, like, you look at them and the look of death that comes out of your face is pretty significant sometimes. You're like, I thought you loved them. Oh, I do. Later, (laughs) you know. Um, And, you know, you could say it's your love. But the truth of the matter is, like, you know, love is such a commonly used word. Like, how many love pizza? 
right? You love guacamole, maybe. Or, or, I don't know what your thing is. Well, you we love... all know he loves cheese boards, I know. you know what I mean? I so. love to eat cheese boards. My wife likes to take pictures of cheese boards. Whatever. I don't know. We have to <laughs> shift our priorities here. But anyway... Um, and then you might say, hey, it's your commitment to one another that that's the thing that's kept you together. And yes, uh, that is vital, but I don't just want a committed marriage. No one just wants a committed marriage because I know people that they're committed in their marriage as in they haven't had a divorce yet. But to be honest, they, they put hate up, each other. Yeah, they put up with one another yeah. instead of actually honor and love one they another. They endure it. They don't enjoy it, right? No. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that you want, if you're married in here, you want to enjoy marriage. You don't just want to endure marriage. Yeah. And uh, might be, you know, might say, oh my gosh, communication. And yes, communication, that would be one of the things I think Miriam and I continually have to work on. I don't think there's many couples that I know that don't have to work on communication yeah. at all. Unless they're like perfect and then they're in heaven. So maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Miriam has a different way of communicating than me. I have a different way of communicating than her. Yeah. And then sometimes like over the years, like Miriam is saying something to me and, and, and I'll just like walk away. And she's like, wait, I'm not even finished talking. I was like, oh, I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> guilty. How many of you guys guilty? Guilty. I'm literally in No guys sentence. admitted they were guilty and at all. All right, away. good. A couple like, of honest people. Did you even hear what I said? He's like, oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then because Mira's pretty fast paced, she likes to get things done. There's like 19 things she's going to do and she's going to do them. Like I'll be like, uh, so I'm taking a little bit of time to actually tell the story. She's like, babe, are we going to get somewhere or what are we, we going to do? Ah, that's Aww. right. <laughs> Again, telling the imperfections, my imperfection, not his. All right. We got to change I'll, this I'll, thing. I'll, I'll, I'll share with mine later. <laughs> But anyway, all these things are obviously important, right? Having love, clearly, that's the first thing that gets you there. Commitment, communication. But all these things are vital for flourishing your relationship, but they're not the source of our strength. They're not the things that have kept us together and enjoying and being blessed in our marriage. And so like I mentioned before, you can endure in your relationships, but honestly, God wants us to have a blessed relationship. And, and the, the following might sound cliche, but every Christ-centered relationship that is blessed by God is, finds its source of strength from seeking God. Every Christ-centered relationship that is blessed by God finds its source of strength from seeking God. And that basically means prayer. Yeah. Prayer enables us to walk in humility because at the end of the day, there's moments that you don't want to be humble. You want to let them know what's up, right? You're yeah. like, you know what? Forget the humble thing, you know? And there's times you don't want to be honorable. You want to let them know what's up. But that's yeah. where prayer keeps our heart right. in the center of Christ's will. And yeah. so prayer brings us back to our knees, brings us back to our dependency on Christ and his goodness and his grace and allows us then to live out the grace he's already given us. Yeah. It is prayer that is your source of strength. And I want to say this, there's so many people in, in this room today that, that prayer may not be your go-to yet. It may be a ritual for you. You might pray 911 prayers, which is obviously help me, Jesus, when I'm in an emergency. Or you might grow up very ritualistic prayer. We just want to encourage and to teach and to motivate and inspire people to actually say, no, prayer is not just some 911 thing. Prayer actually is your source of strength. Because when you run out of love, where do you go? You go to the source of all love, right? You, you go to that one and God gives you strength and God gives you love again and again and again. He does not run out. I want to encourage you. Why go to God in prayer? He doesn't run out. Yeah, that's good. You and I do though. Yeah. 
So we want to take a look at First Chronicles a little bit deeper right now. First Chronicles chapter 5, 18 through 20. We just read it. Going to read it again. There were 44,760 capable warriors. Can you say capable warriors with me? In the armies of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were all skilled in combat and yeah. armed with shields, swords, and bows. They waged war against the enemies, basically. They cried out to God during the battle, and he answered their prayer because they trusted him. So the Hagrites and all their allies were defeated. So I love that this verse because it shows you a bunch of soldiers who were capable for war. In other words, capable to go pummel some butt. You know what I mean? Capable to, to wage yeah. war and win. They didn't go unskilled. They didn't go untrained. They had yeah. all the weapons they needed. Yeah. And then they had all the practical stuff, yet they still went before God and cried out to God. They sought yeah. God because they trusted him for help. And so the relationship series, it gives you the skills. It gives you the training. Hi, Danny. Are you okay? Yeah, he broke his arm and his wrist yesterday in snowboarding. Anyway, sorry, sidetracked. <laughs> Great to see you, Danny. But the reality is you can go skilled. You can be trained. You can have all those things. But without the source of strength, which is God, going to God in prayer, asking God for help, yeah. not just when the crap hits the fan, but before coming, bathing yourself in Come prayer, on. preparing yeah, yourself right. for that, then you know that you can become a capable warrior because the truth of the matter is we're all fighting we're either fighting with each other or we're fighting for each other yeah. and so today we want you to switch your perspective young people in here if you are fighting with your parents if yeah. you are having what feels like battle at home perhaps they're fighting for you perhaps they're just trying to make sure you don't go down that path where all these young people are literally yeah. dying daily from heroin overdoses you have these young people falling to the wayside and parents are fighting and parents are asking for help and that's why you might be feeling like you're hitting a wall with your parents but perhaps they're just fighting for you perhaps they're just fighting for you perhaps in your marriage you know you're, you're fighting for each other and you have to change your heart and you need to be like you know I'm tired of fighting with her I'm tired of fighting with him I want to fight for them there are certain battles that can only be won on your knees yeah, you need the practical. Yeah, right. You need all that stuff. But there's certain battles. You know, back in the day, generations ago, the church used to be hungry for prayer. Prayer day and night. Then the pendulum swung. No counseling. You'd almost never see counseling. And people were enduring their marriages, but weren't enjoying their marriages. Because it's almost like counseling back in the day was only if you were crazy. But today and age, it's all counseling and therapy. But we've forgotten prayer. And there are certain things you can't just put a band-aid on certain things in a relationship. Some of it is deep spiritual issues that need to be addressed and through prayer, through coming against the work of the enemy to destroy the family tie. And it's so important that for breakthrough in your relationships, we need to learn to become capable warriors who are trained, who are armed, and know how to fight for each other. So good. So good. There we go. If you actually look at the strength of Jesus' ministry, it was in direct correlation to prayer. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, kind of the love chapter, marriage chapter in the Bible uh, that really sum summarizes it so well. I'd never really thought about this, though. It said that, that husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Well, how did Jesus love the church? He was 
constantly tapping into prayer so that he had the love and the surrender factor there so that he could do it. And so I want to tell you, man, it's not weak to pray for your marriage. Actually, it's a source of strength for you. Ladies, it's not obviously weak to pray for your marriage. No, you should and you need to pray for your marriage. Listen to what Mark Batterson said. He says, prayer is the difference between the best I can do and the best God can so do. Good. So the good. best God can do. How many want what God wants for your life? Yeah. How many think He can probably bless your life more than you can bless your life? Yeah. So I think good. that's worth saying again. How many think God can bless your life more than you can bless your life? He truly can. God changes. You know, sometimes we want the world to change. God changes you. Yes. When you pray, when you develop the habit of prayer, God changes me over the years Gosh, He keeps changing me as I keep going to Him. Totally. As I keep, yeah. you know, Miriam mentioned uh, on your knees. You know, I'm not much of a knee person when I pray. I like to walk and pray. Like I will go for a walk and I'll go walk for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. And that's that. been my source of strength yeah. for over 20 years. I get too distracted. All right. I, <laughs> I might as well, but I, I keep on going. No, I can't stay good. that still. <laughs> that's good. Ephesians chapter 5. We Ephesians read 5, yeah, it says this. I thought I already summarized it. <laughs> Ephesians 5 says, He who loves his wife, watch this now, loves himself. Otherwise, man, being good to your wife is good to yourself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but what do they do? They feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Yeah. But again, I just want to point you to, we are not to just believe upon Jesus. We are to learn to follow Jesus. Yeah, so good. And therefore, if I'm following Jesus, I'm actually going to become a praying man or a praying woman. So good. Yeah. So what is prayer and what does prayer do? Prayer is a place of worship and a place of surrender when you receive heaven's instructions to live victoriously. Prayer is not you telling God what you want. There's some of that. Prayer is actually coming for the God who is good, the God who is loving, and then I actually can surrender to His Word and surrender to His purpose, and then He can actually instruct me, and as He instructs me, then I can live it out, and then over time, I can actually bring my request to God and begin to delight in God. I remember watching a movie many years ago, um, and it was talking about the Navajo Code Talkers. I think the movie was called uh, Wind Talkers. And uh, Nicolas Cage was in the movie. And basically there was these American Indians at the time that had this very secret language that no one else knew. And so they began to use these guys as the code talkers so that the Japanese at that time who just bombed Pearl Harbor could not crack the code. And so when the Japanese were listening to what, what the head base was telling the other portion, they couldn't understand it. And so I want to tell you that you have an enemy who's trying to affect your soul. And how do you do it? You tap into God and he begins to whisper in your spirit and you begin to be in the house of God. You begin to lean into the word of God and you actually get heaven's instructions for your life so you can be victorious. Does that make sense? Prayer is a warrior's offensive and defensive weapon. You've heard it said the best defenses are good. Offense. It's if. If you only pray again when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Prayer is supernatural, isn't yes. it, babe? You know, Anthony just said prayer is not weak. And, and, and so often we can, like Anthony said, we go to prayer just when we need something. But if we wait till like 
all this trouble has hit, if we wait to all that stuff, we're fighting from a defensive standpoint instead of already paving the way in prayer. So we're already walking in victory instead of trying to clean up the messes that we've made ourselves by trying to walk out in our own flesh. And so prayer is supernatural. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The reality is if you're going to believe in a good God, if there is a God, there's also an enemy to our soul. His name is the devil. And so the devil does not like what the family represents. The family is an institution created by God for God to represent the worship of God, to represent the bride of Christ and Christ. And so he wants to tear down any image that represents the kingdom of God. That's why his number one tactic is to come against who you're going to marry, to come against who you're going to build a family with, come against your children. And so sometimes we have to understand that the battle is actually not flesh and blood, our people. The actual battle is against the enemy of our soul. And so Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, I love it in the the Passion Translation. It says, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Sometimes if you feel like you keep hitting a wall and you're like, what the heck is going on? Sometimes it ain't them. Sometimes it's someone else with an assignment against your life, an assignment against your kids, an assignment against your family, and you need to go to the root of the problem and say, not today, Satan. You need to go to the root of the problem. And listen, a lot of you are new Christians. Our church, we're always seeing lots of new Christians, so we try to teach in a way that new people can understand, but sometimes I need to fast forward the education here. We need to learn (laughs) how to rebuke the work of the enemy. The Bible says, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, devil. You have authority. If someone's coming against your family, if someone's coming against your marriage, if someone's coming against your son, you can, through the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, say, I rebuke you, Satan. Get under my feet. Get behind me. Actually, don't even get behind me. Get away from me in the name of Jesus. Do you understand? I know this might sound heavy for a relationship series, but sometimes we can't come in easy. We have to come in with truth so you guys can win this battle in your family in jesus name amen 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 Amen. go ahead tell them about ben's toy what's that ben's toy yeah Um, that's important one yeah it is um (laughs) not the toy the story she's gonna she's gonna (laughs) preach and then i'm gonna tell stories it's good (laughs) um so a number of uh, number of years ago, uh, Ben got this toy from someone. There was this birthday toy, and um, I didn't want to be overly, overly religious, but I felt like as soon as I saw the toy, something went off on the inside. Like that's not good, and I thought I was being a bit funny. I'm like Anthony, don't be religious, don't be hyper hyper spiritual. Um, and anyway, fast forward maybe a few weeks or something like that. I'm putting my son to bed. My son and I have a great relationship. Praying for him. Oh, and he says this line to me. He says, it's so weird, Daddy. He said, I know I love you, but in my head, it's like something is saying, um, I don't like you. And as a dad, I'm like, what in the world? Like this. (laughs) Honestly. And then just in a quick moment, I said, Holy Spirit, what is that? And he reminded me of the toy. 
Immediately, the picture of that toy came flashing to my mind. I prayed for my son, put him to bed, and then I came back in the room maybe 20 minutes later as he was asleep. And then I felt like God had given me insight on it. I grabbed the toy. Obviously, I didn't ask his opinion. Say that again. <laughs> I didn't ask my son's opinion. Yeah. Right? Oh, that was from Uncle Bob. I don't care. <laughs> I threw it out. And, but then I, I literally prayed until I felt like I had a peace in my spirit that that thing was dealt with. Literally, because you got to understand this. If I can open my door to God, what can I also open my door to? Right? You can open your door to a right guy. You can open the door to a wrong guy, right? You can open the door to the right woman or you can open the door to the wrong woman. That's just a fact. And so I felt like a door through this thing had been opened into our home that would allow a weird demonic spirit to come in our home. Now, again, what I would say to you today, if you always sense God's peace, if you always sense God's blessing here because it is here, but you never sense it at your own home, maybe you need to look at what's in your home. Like, honestly, there are doors we open to things and we just say, ah, oh, it's okay, it's just part of culture. I'm telling you right now, you open doors to things and it seems like the blessing leaves. It seems like peace comes against us. Yeah. And I, I'll say this, I remember one time when, when um, Miriam told me uh, a couple of years into marriage, she was like, I believe you're about to go through a season of temptation. I didn't say it nicely, though. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't at all. I was like, yo, you watch yourself. <laughs> she did. She literally was like, no, watch what you're thinking about. <laughs> and what really happened was God alerted you that there was a Goliath, so to speak, trying to take down me, which also would take down my family, which also would take down Church Alive, which would also take down the name of Jesus in our area. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it is prayer that taps you into the discernment and the knowledge and the insight to totally. know that, wait, this isn't just a smiley face, right? We get sold on smiley faces all the time. Oh, yeah. it's smiling. <laughs> wait, can I also say something? You can. Back you can on say the, a lot of the, things. The toy. <laughs> okay, back on the toy. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, me and one of the prayer leaders from our church, we went to someone's house to pray. And I felt like the Holy Spirit say, grab a garbage bag. You need to clean stuff up in this house. And I literally looked at this leader that was with me. I'm like, go grab a garbage bag. She's like, I don't live here. Where do I get the garbage? I'm like, just find it under the sink. It's probably there. Person <laughs> grabbed the garbage bag and I, we started praying. And let me tell you, by the end of that prayer session, we had a bag full of crap from the enemy that was in that house. Like even Anthony went somewhere, there was like Buddha statues, there were Hindu statues, things like that. And, and we have this in our home and we think they're just statues and they're not doing anything. Yes, it always looks innocent, but you never know the spirit in which things are operating in our home. And that is our home. We're giving it access. Even what we watch on TV, be careful little eyes what you watch. Be careful little eyes what you watch, you know, because your eyes are the windows to your soul. And we can't just tell our kids that. I get so irritated when I hear people say, oh, that's adult TV. You can't watch that. Well, I say it sometimes too if I'm watching Friends. So maybe I should take my own advice. But the reality is sometimes we try to shield our kids from things that we're exposing ourselves to. She just went hardcore there. No, because that's true for me too. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's no, not it's good, good for them, it shouldn't be good for me. Number four, prayer unleashes God's protection and promises over your life. Psalm 91 says this, If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling. The scripture won't be on there, but I want you to think about this. Do you go to your house every day? Yes. 
That means you dwell there, doesn't it? He yes. says, if you make the most high your dwelling. dwelling, not if I call myself a Christian and come to church, even on a Sunday, every Sunday, or occasionally. He says, if I make the most high my dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then it says, then no harm will befall you. And sometimes Miriam and I have had theological, in essence, discussions of why does bad things happen to these people and this people. And, and I'm like, babe, the, the, the reality of the fact is, just because I call myself a Christian doesn't mean I'm actually listening to his instructions. Yeah. Right? It's only in listening to God's instructions do I actually have God's protection. Yeah. If I ignore God's battle plan for my life, how can I have victory? Yeah. Like if he's giving me instructions on how to win, I'm like, what does the Lord know? <laughs> then how can I win? He's trying to give you and me strategies on relationships that'll be successful. And we want to actually unpack some of the strategies right yeah. now. So right now, if you're taking notes, there's a lot of notes coming. So, or just get your phones ready to snap stuff. We're actually going to teach you guys how to pray for your marriage, for your family, for your spouse, for your kids. I love teaching on how to pray for your kids because I've, and I love it. All the phones are going up. This is great. Um, <laughs> wow. This is awesome. No but one yeah. believes in note taking anymore. <laughs> they believe in picture taking. Yes. But this is actually really important. Number one, how to pray for your marriage and family. Listen, single people, there is a portion we're going to talk to you, but this also applies. Again, yeah. don't only pray when you're in trouble because then you'll get in trouble. Don't only pray after you get married. Pray before you get married That's so right. that you pave the way for victory, right? Yeah. Number one, know God's promises from God's word when you pray. I'm going to go through this one quickly. Here's why. If you don't know the promises of God's word, you won't know that you don't have to beg God for his blessing. You already have his blessing. Yeah. If you know his promises, declare Declare them and prophesy them. Joshua 24, 15 says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. If you're in here, your children don't serve the Lord. Your spouse doesn't serve the Lord. This is a promise from God's word. I don't know when, I don't know how long it'll yeah. take, but start declaring it. If you're praying for their salvation, you start declaring, thank you, Jesus, because for me and my household, yeah. we will serve the Lord. As you're believing, right. you can declare it. Yeah. Anthony used to always, well, actually still praise this and declares this over for our family, Psalm 128. Yeah, Psalm 128 says, how joyous, or other translations say, blessed are those who love the Lord and bow low before God, ready to obey Him. Again, we align in prayer. Your reward will be prosperity, happiness, and well-being. Your wife will bless your heart yes, and will. your home. Yes, Amen. Will. Your children will bring you joy as they gather around your table. Yes, this is God's Amen. generous reward for those who love Him. And I remember yes. many years ago, for some reason, this passage of Scripture really stuck out to me I think I read it in a book somewhere and before I was married and then every relationship series for the over the last 10 years as, as we've done this I've never not used this I know every single time <laughs> and you're like don't you have another scripture no I don't I have this one <laughs> why because I've prayed this one yes for 15 years in our marriage so and seven, eight, nine years in, I remember one time literally praying this for our marriage and I realized we had this. Amen. In other words, I prayed it and prayed it and declared it and prayed it and then I was like, oh, it works. <laughs> and then I don't so much pray it anymore. Just I just declare keep declaring it. it. Amen. And then my job in many ways is I feel like through prayer, I've dug the well so that good things can come out. Now when I prophesy it, now I'm just making sure that so the good. well's clean. Yes. All right, moving along. Number two, pray you would know how to love and serve your spouse better. Amen. Anthony gets excited about Amen. this one. Amen. I'm just looking forward to this one. Yes. <laughs> pray you would know pray how to love you your know. spouse better. Pray you Baby. would know. Pray you. Come she on. She was like, I'm, no, I'm, I'm focused on you on this one. How about you on this one? I'm focused on you. <laughs> 
All right, I love this next part. This is very important. Obviously, this is not just, this is a small list. It's not everything you pray for, but I really believe if we could pray for this for our spouses. Okay, so number three, women pray big and boldly for your man. This is how you can do it. Pray that he would know God has a great, a wild, adventurous plan and purpose for his life. That's great. Too often, our spouses who don't know Christ, they don't realize that the journey of faith is adventurous. It is yeah. bold. It is brave. It's courageous. Yeah. It's full of faith, full of life, full yeah. of joy. They just think it's just going to church, clapping your hands, listening to a man, and then leaving. That is not the prospect of the righteous. It is brighter and yeah. brighter. And they need to know, yeah. as you pray for your man, pray that they would know God has Amen. a great, a wild, an adventurous yeah. plan and purpose for his life, that he would grow in confidence and wisdom, yeah. that he would be hungry for God who doesn't want their man to be hungry for God, yeah. that he would slay his giants. Yeah. Every man has giants to slay. We all have giants to slay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Men, pray big and boldly for your woman. You want to share this one? Yeah. Pray that God would overwhelm her with peace. Amen. Pray that she would flourish. I've Amen. prayed that a lot of the years. God, yes. I pray that she would flourish as a wife and as Amen. a mother in her calling. I pray that she would flourish. Amen. I pray for a spiritual, mental, emotional, physical health. You know, sometimes when you think of, maybe you grew up Catholic and you would be so familiar with the Lord's Prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. It says, give me today my daily bread. That isn't just asking for crackers from God. Come on. Lord, so I'll just have a couple of wafers. No, it's, it's, it's the whole... Give me today all that she needs. It's actually give us today. Yeah. That means I'm praying for me, my family. I'm praying for our church. Give us today our daily bread, emotionally, mm. physically, financially, in every single realm. And so that's praying that they would flourish. Yeah. Um, pray that she can know that she can do all things through Christ Amen. who strengthens me. Because I, I want to say this, because if she's praying for the man to have a, a, a great, wild, adventurous faith, she actually needs to model it. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. If we truly love someone, we will desire for them. This is a, uh, I, I love this quote. Actually, babe, you read this one. Go. Okay. If we truly love someone, <laughs> we will desire for them far more than what is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Yeah. yeah. This will lead us to prayer. Pray that you and your spouse would not fall into temptation. Temptation is everywhere, but pray for them. Yes. Hey, we want, if you can tell, we're speeding through this. is because we have more content and we have less than five minutes to go. So pardon as we're speeding, but there's some stuff we want you guys to really capture. We're going to switch gears right now. We're going to talk about parenting. Young people do not switch gears. Again, too often you only start thinking about parenting when you're a parent. Yeah. Prepare the pavement beforehand. Yeah. Get ready before beforehand yeah. start praying beforehand young couples start praying beforehand women right. start praying beforehand yeah. obviously as parents we're always going to pray for their health and protection that's a given i think our fear of not having health and protection leads us to that but now we're going to start praying for other things pray for their spouse do you know for all three of my kids when i was pregnant i started believing god for their spouse and you're like really yes because who they marry is the second biggest decision they'll ever make in their life yeah. the first one is knowing jesus 
The second one is who they'll marry because it will determine their joy. It'll determine the peace. It'll determine lots of things for their future. And so pray for their spouse. Do you know I also pray, even though I don't know who my kid's spouse are going to be, I actually pray right now for their protection, their well-being. Like, Lord, I pray whoever Benny's wife is going to be, I pray A, that she loves me. I pray B, (laughs) that's very important, okay? I pray that she is protected even now. Keep all predators away from her. Keep all baggage away from her. Keep all whatever bullies away from her. You can pray from an offensive standpoint, and you have no idea the perimeter you're creating of protection through your prayers before they actually happen. Pray for their confidence. Pray for their friends. I love praying this one. I've been praying it again before they were even born. I have a prayer board next to my bed, and I literally should see how much I have for my kids, but because it's important. I don't want a lot of issues later on in life, right? I want to deal with it now, believe it now, cultivating them now. So for their friends, for their circle of friends, that my kids would be the leaders, that they would know God so deeply that they will lead their friends into relationships with God. Just had a conversation with Benny's teacher um, uh, Friday. We went to a breakfast. He's going to junior high. What the heck? (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Okay. He's going to junior high next year. So we had a breakfast for him on Friday with the teachers, the whole fifth grade, etc. And the teacher pulled me to the side. She loves Ben. And she goes, let me tell you something about your son. I was like, go ahead, go right ahead. I know it's good. And she's like, he's such a leader. I'm like, and I've heard that from other teachers. And she's like, you know why? Like why? Because he's not afraid to worship. The other boys in the class during chapel, they don't know what to do with their hands. They don't know what to do with themselves. But Ben is like, because he's seen worship model from a strong man, from strong brothers. And so now he knows that worship is cool. Worship is powerful. Worship is supernatural. And so he's leading his little boy, like his boy, like his friends, his friends of boys. Did I say that right? He's leading his group of guy friends, his circle of friends. He's leading them right into worship and how to have a strong faith at the age of 11. Pray for their circle of friends now, okay? One of the things we prayed for as well, that this, this is something I pray every single night as I put my hands on them to pray. Pray that they would encounter the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit at a young age. Yeah. Children's Church, Kids Alive, is not intended to be a cute place of babysitting. It is a place to unlock the power of God at a young age for our kids. Don't think you're just dropping them off to babysit, okay? No, you are dropping them off into a powerful worship experience where they can encounter the gift of the Holy Spirit. They can encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. When my son was seven, he went to a conference that we all went to and he got prayed over from a kid's pastor. He starts crying and starts speaking in tongues. He was seven, seven. seven years old. Anthony was seven when he first had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you now, if you pray that they would have these encounters early, later on, it's going to be a lot harder for them to fall away because they've encountered not just great sermons, but life-changing encounters with the Holy Spirit. We don't serve just a nice God. No, we serve a powerful, almighty, King of kings. And our kids cannot be diminished from that experience. Pray that they would experience the powerful presence of God. Not just cute kids church. I don't want cute cute kids church. I don't want just pretty, pretty powerful women's services. No, we want the power of God because that is where the presence of God will unleash His miracles. Pray for that in advance. 
Pray for their dreams. Pray for wisdom and discernment on how to raise your child. And parents in faith, not in fear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're single in the, in the place, pray that you would be teachable and surrender to God. You know, again, the challenge of your marriage will actually be what you don't deal with before you get married. The challenge, if you clean up the closet, as Eminem says, Sorry, Mama, never meant to hurt you. But tonight I'm cleaning up the closet, right? If you, if you actually clean up the closet. That's a word for someone. Right? <laughs> clean up your closet. <laughs> you, you'll bless your world. Yeah. Because so you, when you bring dysfunction into marriage, how many know that often your partner then bumps into it? Yeah. But if you allow Jesus just to change so your life and, and be so good to you, to pray you would accomplish all that God has for you in the season of singleness. God isn't up in heaven going, oh, I just can't wait until this one's married. Now, it's not the fact that He doesn't have someone for you. But again, God has a plan for you every day. Yes. Every day. Yes. Success isn't one day. Success in the will of God is every, every day. day. Amen. Pray that you, um, God would give you wisdom in how and who to date. You know, boundaries are a good thing. Yes. Culture it will teach you otherwise, but I just want to tell you, boundaries, God actually knows. Mm. Again, when you, when, you don't, when you don't embrace God's boundaries, what you're saying is, God, I know better. Yeah. <laughs> what would you know? Yeah, so true. Pro, uh, this is important for, pray that God would close doors of relationship that is not God's best for you. Mm. Unfortunately, when you're running after God, I would say that sometimes the easiest distraction to come your way is a wrong person. Yeah. You all of a sudden start moving forward for six months and nine months and you're, you're going after Jesus and a wrong person comes your way, sent sometimes on assignment, and then all of a sudden it, all of a sudden it starts to tear at your heart. And I understand that. But listen, Ishmael often comes before Isaac. We're not talking if, about our worship leader though. Not talking yeah. about our worship leader. No, in the <laughs> Old <Ishmael>. Testament... <laughs> Isaac was the son of promise, but Abraham tried to make it happen himself yes. first. And Ishmael and Isaac are still fighting today. Mm -hmm. They are two nations. So I just want to encourage you, if you're single in here and God's warning you about someone, no, no, no. Listen, sometimes, men, you just need to ask someone out. Come on. Say that again. Like sometimes you just need to ask someone out. Like Get a they, date. Right, yeah, there's not four angel appearances that are going to happen before you actually think, oh, she's the one. Actually, the, the time when you and I began to go out, I literally was in a marriage and family class and I remember the guy saying out loud, he was like, some of you Liberty guys, and I was at Liberty University, and he was like, you're going to realize one of the best places you could meet a girl is actually this place. And I was like, oh, I haven't gone out with a girl in a while. So I started going out with a few. And then by, I think, uh, within a couple of months, I asked you out, but no one appeared to me. Gabriel didn't come and go, Anthony, She's the one. Now, here's the funny thing. At the same time, God spoke to you and to me yeah. internally that we, we were going to hang out. We are. And we've hung out ever since. But I ran. As soon as I felt like God was like, ooh, that's, you know, I was like, no, he's not. I ran for a year and a half to not want to see him at all. Right, babe? Right. That's me. I said no. I know. <laughs> and then a fish swallowed it up. Oh, stop it. And just spat at my way. I was like, oh. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> You're such a silly dude. <laughs> oh man, we have to close. We do. 
Come on, close your eyes. <laughs> Father, I thank you for every man, every woman. I thank you for them right now. And I just, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do, which is these are your people and you love them exceedingly. You love them exceedingly. So I, I pray that you would impart wisdom and impart insight where they need it for the stage of life. And so Father, I pray right now for anyone who, who yet does not yet know you, in the name of Jesus, draw them right now so they would respond to you by sincere faith. If you're here in this place and you know you need to respond to Jesus, you know you need to come back to Christ, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to pray a simple prayer to turn your life to Christ. In a moment of faith, Jesus can change your life in one moment as you make Him Lord of your life. All across this place, Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I turn to you. I trust in you. I ask you, make me your child. I come back to the Father. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. I know that you are that. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Well, eyes are closed, my head's about all across this place. If that's you today, I want you to quickly slip up your hands, slip up real high. Say, Pastor Anthony, that's me today. I'm responding. I'm coming back to Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all across this place. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand high. If you know you need to come back to God today, you know you need to bring your life back and surrender, or you need to receive Him for the very first time all across this place. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Those of you responding to God in Jesus' name, thank you, thank you so much. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart more importantly. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless your people, I pray. Come on, a faith-filled church said.